Hey guys, welcome to Insight. I am Gino, your host, and I have Matt Van Brabant, my co-host in the saddle next to me. What's up? How's it going, Matt? How's everybody doing? It's good, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Not too bad. Yep. Just telling you guys before the show started, I'm having a good week. The Lord's really uh, blessing some things in my life, and I'm very happy about that and thankful and grateful for that, too. But let's get right to business here, Matt, because we have one of our favorites returning tonight. Tremiko Thweet yep, is back with is. us from Gather Ministries, Inc. And uh, yep. we're not going to call it a church. She she told me it's not a church. It's an institute. So, yeah. yes, it's a little more formal, I think. But uh, we love having <laughs> we love having Miko on because she is just a wealth of knowledge, biblical knowledge that we all can use daily in our life. And if you're walking out this life of Christianity and and trying to walk with the Lord daily, it's important to stay educated, important to, you know, the Lord said we, uh, his people perish for lack of knowledge. So it's very important that we keep feeding ourselves with his word to give life to us and give life to others, quite frankly. So we're just pleased to have Miko back. Miko, we are going to give you the floor and I'm going to sit back and take notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Here we, go. we are going to be talking about the law of dominant thought. So God has a lot to say to us about our thought life and controlling our thoughts and making sure that we have a sober mind. So we really want to examine what God reveals about that because it really affects the direction that your life goes in. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people don't pay attention to their thoughts. They let thoughts flow wherever. They allow Satan to interject thoughts and demons to interject thoughts. Um, and we're going to be talking probably a little bit tonight about um, your eye gates and your ear gates, because that has a lot to do with what's going on in your mind, what you're allowing your eyes to view and your ears to hear. So just to get started, God is the source uh, of all wisdom. We can find, I'm just going to quote this and then some scriptures I'm going to actually examine and read, but we can find in Romans chapter 16 and 27, and also in Jude, which is only one chapter, um, verse 25, it says that he's the only wise God. So there is no one else that possesses wisdom like God possesses wisdom and it's good godly wisdom. So we need to make sure that we have the word of God, that we understand the word of God, what he is saying to us about our thought life and how that affects our actual life that we're living in reality today. So I'm going to first go to Proverbs chapter two and verse six, because this is very important to set the stage for where, as we go through this lesson on tonight. So Proverbs chapter two and verse six in the new King James version reveals this God reveals for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So in order for us to gain the wisdom and wisdom is knowing how to skillfully apply the knowledge that we get. And you need to understand the knowledge you get because if you don't understand the, the, the knowledge, knowledge is just information. If I get a bunch of information and I don't understand that information, I can't thrive, I can't prosper, it can't benefit me. And a lot of times we have people that go to church and there's a lot of preaching, maybe hooping and hollering, I don't know, theatrics, but there's not enough biblical teaching, which is the instruction. So 
if an example between preaching, which is informative, getting you excited, letting you know that something's available versus teaching is I'm giving you specific instructions, insight, breaking it down from the smallest and building it back up to make sure you understand it so that you can follow it. So I can let you know, for instance, that there's a place called um, Huntington Center, Huntington Place, which used to be called Cobo Hall. That could, could be similar to me preaching. I'm letting you know this exists and it and is somewhere in Detroit. But if I was to teach you how to get to what used to be Cobo Hall, which is now Huntington Place or Huntington Center, what I would do is say, okay, from where you are, for instance, you would get on 696, convert that over to the Lodge Freeway, take the Lodge Freeway all the way till it runs out until you get to Jefferson. When you get off Jefferson, you know, you'll make a right and it'll be right behind you. I'm giving you specific instructions so that you can understand how to arrive at this place that I preached or told you about. And if we don't have that type of teaching, how can we arrive at the place that God wants us to be if it's not explained to us? So God in his mouth, it says that there's knowledge. We also need to understand that knowledge from God. And wisdom is knowing how to skillfully apply that knowledge that we understand. So what a lot of people do also is that they may go to church or that they may, you know, pull out their iPad computer and listen to a bunch of sermons, but they're not applying any of the knowledge that they get if they understand it. It's not going to help you. The word of God only benefits us when we apply it after we acquire that knowledge from his word and understand it. So let me pause there before I keep going. Any thoughts, questions, or comments? And then I'm going to really start to zoom in. Matt, anything? <laughs> Sounds about right to me. Me too. I just want to, okay. well, I, I want to add one thing. I'm, this is something that I've said for, I don't know, a long time discipleship has been lacking in all of our churches and and it's the size of the church definitely matters as far as discipleship goes the larger the church it seems like the less discipleship yeah. which is unfortunate because there should be a, a larger elder staff and a larger you know group of people that are willing to volunteer their time and mentor people and help them yeah. disciple them in their christian life um, in the smaller churches it does seem to be a little bit better it seems yeah. like there's you know there's more it's more personal i guess because it's smaller exactly. Um, exactly. But I have noticed this, and this has been one of my biggest qualms with the church, is that there is no teaching. There's, I mean, there's teaching, but there's no continuing ed. It's this yeah. this thing of throw them out to the wolves and they'll figure it out. Like that's exactly. just can't, can't that's keep not, happening. So I yeah, agree 100%. The, yeah, that's not the model Christ presented. The model he presented was, hey, I'm going to show you all the way. And he was with them for like three and a half years. And then they were on their own. Right. So um, okay, so the next scripture where God gives us revelation about as we start to enter into this lesson on dominant thought, um, we learn from Psalm 119 verse, verses 98 through 99. I'm going to read this from the New King James, which reveals you talking about God, you through your commandments, make me wiser. So this is the psalmist saying this to God, you through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. So this is very key. Because when we talk about meditation, we're talking about taking the word of God. 
and we're rotating it around in our mind. We're considering it. We're you can even study in the word is considered meditation, but you're also imagining it. You're using your imagination. And a lot of times as we matriculate through life and through school, they teach us more on the logical side and get us away from our imagination. So only people that are really geared to being creative keep that sense of imagination. But the majority of uh, the majority of people lose that uh, in the sense of positivity because worry is imagination. Fear causes you to use your imagination, but in the negative direction. But I'm talking about using your imagination in the positive direction of picturing what God's word reveals to us, says to us, teaches us and actually see that in our lives and go after that. So this psalmist is saying that he has become wiser than his teachers. Why? Because he's spending more time than his teachers. And that's another problem. A lot of times people in the church feel like they have arrived and they don't need to study no more. They don't need to spend time with God anymore. And that's the biggest lie. You're going to need to do that until you die or you get caught up to be with him. So this psalmist is constantly meditating in the word so much so that he knows more than the people that used to teach him. Um, so we got to do the meditation. And, and I'm going to really say, lean into that in just a second. And biblical meditation is different from demonic mm, meditation, which tells you to clear your mind. I don't think just, anything. Yup. Empty I'm it. Just going to say start that. To, <laughs> yep, start to say all these mm -hmm. chants and all those chants really is what it's doing is attracting demons and bringing them to you. And you're right. opening yourself up because yeah. you're not using your mind the way God told you to, and you're not guarding it. You're just letting your guard down, being vulnerable, emptying your mind. And that's how demons enter. That's exactly one way. That's one what way. I was going to say. The empty mindedness that's taught through new age and Hinduism and Buddhism and all this, you know, Zen stuff. It's nonsense because of course a demon's going to tell you to empty its, your mind so that it can <laughs> fill it with its thoughts and influence you. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, now, let me say this before I get into basically what's going to be the theme scripture for tonight, and then I'm going to get more into the meditation piece. So talking about this meditation, what the psalmist says, we can see, and we're going to see even further in just a moment that meditating or imagining the word of God is a non-negotiable because God tells us that we need to be meditating in his word day and night. So we're going to look at some of those scriptures in just a minute. But to meditate biblically, where you're filling your mind with God's word, thinking about his word, considering his word, revolving it around in your mind, imagining it, studying it, that's biblical meditation that we're supposed to do. That is a non-negotiable for you to be successful in life and to prosper. If you don't want to be successful in life, if you don't want to prosper, do not meditate in the word of God. And you'll have more of what you're getting if you're currently not meditating. Because I bet you, if you look around in your life, there's a lot of people who are like, why is this happening? Why is this occurring? Why am I not succeeding? Why am I stagnant here? Why am I delayed here? Why can't I get ahead here? And then you ask the question, well, how much time do you spend meditating in his word? And then that that you meditate on, how much do you apply in your life? The answer usually is not much. That's why your life looks like it looks. And we're going to see that in scripture. Miko, would you agree... Would you agree that uh, sowing and reaping is also done through the mind? I mean, can we sow oh. bad thoughts into, yeah. Absolutely. Sowing and reaping can be done in many facets, through your mind, through your words, and through your actions. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a true statement right there. 
<laughs> but your 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 actions come from your thoughts and so do your words so if you don't control and that's what we're getting ready to see the theme scripture in just a moment if you don't control what's going on up here it's going to steer your whole life in the wrong direction because mm -hmm. what god reveals through scripture is that our thoughts dictate basically our decisions our decisions dictate our actions our actions dictate our habits our habits decide what our character is going to be and our character decides what destiny we're going to have all that whole chain reaction flows from your thoughts so in order to change your destiny you got to change your character but to change your character you got to change your habits but to change your habits you got to change your actions but to change your actions you got to change your decisions but to change your decisions you got to change what's going on in your thoughts it all starts here so dominant thought that's really important what is dominant up here is it all the things that God says and reveals, or is it all the things that the world says, the news says, the doctor says, the lawyer says, Satan say, demons say? That's gonna have an effect. So, our thoughts. Um, so, okay. So let me let me ask this question real quick, and for both of you, when I say the word green apple, what do you see in your mind? Go ahead, man. It's a trick question. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a green apple. Okay. <laughs> I saw a light green apple. Okay. Oh, awesome. See. So see, see. you guys are awesome because you're proving my point. When we hear words, we see images. Neither one of you said, when I said green apple, I saw a P P L E G R. Good you know, point. You didn't say that. Yep. You said, I saw an image of an apple and it was some shade of green. So what we have to understand is our imagination is equivalent to our thoughts, but in images and pictures. And we gotta control what images, what pictures we see. Do we see ourselves being failures, not overcoming, having diseases, all this and that? Or do we see ourselves healed? Do we see ourselves victorious? Do we see ourselves as overcomers? That all has an effect on what you see materialized in your life. So our thoughts will generate or construct the reality that we're actually going to live and experience. Therefore, what we're getting ready to see in scripture is that our life will go in the direction of our dominant thought or imagination, and we got to change it. So in Proverbs chapter four and 23, this is going to be the theme scripture for tonight. That takes us through the whole lesson. I'm going to read Proverbs 4 and 23 in the easy to read version. And God reveals here above all. So he's saying, look, whatever you're doing, stop. I need you to get this. Above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. I'm going to read that one more time. Above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. And that is what Satan and demons are vying for. They're trying so hard and being very successful with many people to capture their mind, to capture their thoughts so that they can control what direction their destiny ends up. And that's crucial. Well, that's, <clears throat> yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. As a man thinks, 
so mm -hmm. is he and yeah i can you know i gotta tell you my i do struggle with thoughts uh, my the lord has given me so many dreams about my mindset and to change my mindset and in what he does is he'll reveal my dad in dreams and when i think of my dad he was very work oriented work 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 right and so he showed me it's it's not about work it's more about faith I need you to concentrate on faith. And I'm so in tune to the work spirit because of the way I was raised that it's been, it's been a very hard process for me to break out of that mold. And just recently, I mean, like just as recently as two nights ago, he gave me another dream about this, like breaking off this thought process and putting on faith because he wants to do some things with me and he can't operate through my own works. It's got to be through him. So this yeah. is like really resonating with me when you say these things. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. in the same boat. We're yeah, in the so same boat right now. Because right. yeah. so, I'm I'm currently laid off, so okay. And instead of uh, trying to rush back to work and getting another contract, I'm actually trying to start a business. Okay. Awesome. Um, but at the same time, I'm dealing with that whole battle of the mind because mm -hmm. you get to a certain point, and then all of a sudden, those those false witnesses start witnessing to you. You know, it'd be a lot easier just to go and start you know picking up a drill and turning some screws again yeah you absolutely. know you're giving up your security what are you doing and it's yeah. like is it really security to me then if that if that's the case then why am i laid off yeah <laughs> very good point absolutely i'm, <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> yeah and we gotta look again to christ as our example when when yeah. we see all the things that he did the you know, he spent time with the father. He taught the word of God. He cast out demons. He healed the sick. He did all these like wonderful, great works. And never once when he went to go cast out a demon or when he went to go heal the sick or when he went to go teach something, did he second guess himself or, ooh, is it going to work this time? What if it doesn't work this time? No, that was not his thought process. His thought process is I... I'm God manifested in flesh. I'm 100% human. I'm 100% God. And I have power to do all the things that I'm getting ready to do that I'm going to also give everyone who comes to me for salvation. They're going to also have that same power when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. When they're baptized in my name, I'm going to give them my name to be able to use that name and go around and do things in the name of Jesus Christ. So if we're tiptoeing in the earth and timid and scared and Ooh, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? No, it's not going to work because you're doubting and doubt is not faith. Faith is God word says this. I agree with it in my thought. I, I speak in agreement and I act in agreement. And if you're not doing those three things, it is not faith. And so that's where the dominant thought comes in. It has to be God's word because in order for us to transition into operating in faith, it's never going to flow if we're screwed up in our thoughts. So Getting back to meditating, because again, it said that in Proverbs, it was 423, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. This is why God has so much to say about our mindset, our thoughts, being sober, meditating. So I'm going to go to Psalm chapter one, and I'm actually going to read verses one through three. I'll stop at verse three. So I'm going to read this in the New King James Version, Psalm chapter one, verses one through three. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law 
of the Lord. The law of the Lord is simply the word of God. So his delight is in the word of God, the law of the Lord. And in his law, in his word, he meditates or imagines day and night. Pause. It doesn't mean he's sitting at a desk just thinking, thinking, thinking all day long. What it means is as this person is going about their day, they're considering something that God says. You can take one particular passage and turn that around in your mind all day or take one, do it for the week and then pick something else the next week or stay on that all month, whatever you need to do. But this person in Psalm is meditating, thinking about his, this word throughout the day. That's pretty much what it means. And so verse three says, because he's meditating in the word day and night throughout the day, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. This isn't might. This is, no, this is a guarantee because the thought process is right. The thought process is in agreement with the law, the rules of God, what his word reveals on how we have to move about in life. There are rules to this world that we live in, whether you like it or not, there's rules in the natural world. Where did that come from? It's mirroring what God has already done. So we don't understand the spirit world and how to maneuver in this earth based upon the, the order that God has set, we're not going to be successful. And a tree that is planted by rivers of water, that is an image of a tree having an abundant supply of resources of what it needs to thrive in life, to grow, to never fail, to never faint, to never die. So if we're not meditating in the word day and night, we don't have that abundant supply of power and resources that we need and knowledge and wisdom and understanding to get through life, to thrive and to prosper. That's why whatever we do doesn't always work because we could be iffy about being in the word of God or not. Um, so let me pause there and see if there's any thoughts before I get to the next scripture on meditation. Uh, first, I just want to say hey to my uh, brother out there, T. Webbs. Good to see you. I hope everything's going well for you in California. He moved from out here to California recently. So hope things are going well for you. Thanks for the cookie. Appreciate that very much. Um, so, Tremiko, everything you say, I mean, it's just like, I know it's biblical. That's why it's spot on. But it's like, it it just hits <laughs> home. So, yeah, it hits home so hard because it is, it's really, God doesn't make it difficult. It's It's really easy if you really examine this and hear it it's not hard it's not rocket science but the hard part is wrestling with your own mind and the mind of this world that's where yeah, the that's struggle it. always is because this world wants to push you down it wants yeah. to drag you through the mud and it and it causes us to think negatively yeah. i mean that's just that's just na nature our nature is negativity Right. And so to, to wrestle against that negativity, negativity daily, and I mean like every minute, because if you don't keep track of your thoughts, it's, it automatically goes back to it's, you know, what it's, what it's programmed to do, which is negative. So it's, it's constantly, if you're not thinking about things like there's days I'm working and I always try to include God in my life. I mean, like I'm always talking to him, whatever, but if I let my mind go idle for a little bit yeah. and I really think about what I've been thinking, mm -hmm. it's not good it's really bad most of the time. And I'm like, how does, where is that coming from? How do I knock this stuff up when I'm on idle mode? You know, when I'm just kind of chilling, like that's, so I think that's, the hard part. That's a really good question because 
Here's the thing. It, this doesn't happen overnight where your mind subconsciously is thinking the word of God or singing worship songs. It takes, that's why he says meditate. The more you meditate and the more you train your mind, your subconscious begins to just think about things of God or will begin to just sing songs of a praise to him or worship if that's what you spend your time doing. So let's get to real quick before I get to the next scripture. I'm at. Actually, before you go on, you just hit on something that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> meditate also means murmuring. So that would make sense. If, you're, if, you, if it's on your lips all day long, that keeps your mind from going into that idle mode correct yeah. that because mm -hmm. uh, to meditate is to murmur it's also to just revolve things like i'm purposely reviving his word around in my mind or i'm purposely imagining it i'm intent so meditation is intent but yeah if you're murmuring but there may be times where maybe you're in a meeting and you can't murmur or you're sitting somewhere and you can't really murmur even if it's low because somebody gonna look at you like are you crazy or is something wrong with you you can still like do it in your mind but so what i was gonna say is the more you control what you allow to flow through your eye gates and your ear gates, the meditation, what it does by default, it shuts down the communication of the enemy for you to receive that or hear that. So with me, it was very hard in the beginning to focus, to concentrate. And it took like some time. I don't know if it took months or like a year or so or whatever like that, but I just became very driven, very committed and devoted to meditating in his word, to, to listening to things that were in agreement with his kingdom. So if I'm spending my time listening to a bunch of music or whatever like that, that is totally obscene or totally against the kingdom of God and his ways, guess what's going to be playing in your subconscious? That, like you can hear a jingle. That's why for commercials, they do jingles. You can hear that a few times and now it's stuck in your subconscious and you're just singing a song, not even with words, but in your mind, you're like, dang, why am I thinking about that? And I find myself doing the same thing with God because I'm intent about listening to music that promotes his kingdom. I'm intent about, because again, I'm a teacher, I'm always studying the word of God. So because I'm always studying, I'm, I'm always meditating. But specifically when I'm going through like tribulations and persecution, I find I collect a bunch of scripture, scriptures dealing with that specific thing that I'm being attacked with, persecuted with telling me that I'm an overcomer or that God got me, that he's going to look out for me, that he's going to protect me. I take those scriptures and I intently just meditate on it, just revolve it around in my mind. I have it in my phone, like a list and I'll read it. And then after I read it, then I'll just see it in my head and just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And then sometimes I'm saying it out loud. It's a combination of things. And then before long, you're not, you're doing a task or you're working or something. And in your subconscious, like I'll be singing songs to God in my subconscious. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, let me find that song and pull it up and play it. Just because like it's in my subconscious and I'm singing it. And now like, I actually want to hear it. Like I've had moments like that where I'm like, dang, like I'm spending that much time with God that my subconscious is full of him and nothing else can come in. Now, if I don't keep that same behavior up, it's not going to stay strong like that. That's when you start to get weak. So you have to be intent about all the time meditating in that word and even playing like that worship and praise music. So what you're filling yourself up with is God and not the world and the devil and, and demons, if that makes sense. You can get there, 
And then once you get there and if you maintain it, it won't be a struggle because it's not a struggle for me. But in the beginning, yeah, it was a struggle because we're used to not doing stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's hard. Well, I think it's yeah. also in our, in our nature to be lazy. So when you're just, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, that's work. That's, that's really is. hard to get your thought processes in the right direction. And that's a dirty word in the church to put effort into something. And here's the thing, faith is not effortless. And that's the misunderstanding people have. And we went through that law of faith the last time I was here. The law of faith requires you to do something. Change your thoughts, change your speech, change your actions to match the word of God. And so my thing is, if I know Satan coming from me, which I do, I don't have time to be lazy. Because in my mind, I am a soldier. And you're not taking me. If somebody going down, it's going to be you. It's not going to be me. So my thing is, if a person's too lazy to protect and save themselves from harm, you deserve to be destroyed, in a sense. Because who going to do it for you? Nobody. So we got to get out of this lazy mindset of, oh, it's too much work. Okay, well, let's look at what we do throughout the day. Do you go to work and get a paycheck? You put up with all that work. Do you enjoy doing your hobbies, whatever that is, whether it's going golfing, whether it's editing videos, whether it's doing podcasts. Gino, you do a lot with these podcasts. This is a lot of effort, right? So it the sure is. effort that you Getting apply with these podcasts, right <laughs> it's the same thing. You got to apply it. So I'm glad you said it because we, we can make excuses all day long for why mm-hmm. we're not doing the very thing that God is commissioning us to do. But at the end of the day, when we stand before him, he's going to say, you didn't do what I told you to do. And it, we have no one to blame but ourselves. So it's finding that time, which we do have time. Because, again, meditation doesn't take away from you cleaning the house or, you know, making sure your equipment's together for the podcast and all this and that. There are times where our mind has to be more focused because I got to write something down or I got to research something. So I may not can like apply my mind to scripture at that moment. But then when I'm not so focused on something else and I'm doing a lighter task or something like driving or taking a bath or cleaning the house or going for a walk or whatever, going to the store, you have time to think. If you have time to worry, you have time to meditate in God's word because worry is negative meditation. And people worry 24 seven. Yeah, yeah. We were just actually having this conversation um, over the weekend with my in-laws because both of them have been dealing with some medical issues and uh you know you could just tell how my mother-in-law how she struggles with that that you know her mind kind of gets away from her at times and then fear just creeps on in mm-hmm. you know and it's just it's something that we're, we've been praying for her for you know yeah. for for god to strengthen her mind because honestly you know that's when those vain imaginations show up that's okay. when you know, that's when that fear that's crippling shows up, mm-hmm. you know, is, uh, is when you start to, when you, basically when you start to feed something at, at that point, you're going to have to give it a name because it's pretty much moved in, <laughs> Exactly. you yep. know? Uh, and so that's just, that's, that's what the case is. And so, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that because that's something that I see quite often that, that defeated spirit that comes in and it's because you've already decided that you you lost the race before you even started running exactly like i mean you know it's just it's it's easy to do though because i've done it myself i've counted myself out before i even Uh 
before I even counted myself in. I've done that plenty of times in my life, just to be real. And that's where godly friends come in, where someone's going to be like, uh-uh, get it together. Mm-hmm. No, we not. <laughs> this is not the path that you need. Because like you said, we, we all have moments, but those moments yeah. shouldn't become habits and then a lifestyle. And for a lot right, of people... Right. It turned from a moment to a pattern to this is a decade. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so we got to get out of that, and we got to be people. My my, what I tell people is, Kent should not be a part of your vocabulary, especially when it comes to things that God said. So when you take the Kent out, you're left with no other choice but to do it. But as long as you allow Kent to be an option for you. If you're lazy, you're going to always be a, I can't, instead of, yeah. let me just do it. So yep. that's a tip. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the things that I started doing in my life, um, I guess that that has made it a little easier for me, is taking a lot of contradictory actions. Um, you know, doing the very opposite thing of what I'm thinking. If I want to sit, if I just want to sit on the couch and and watch a show the whole rest of the night, instead of that, I'll go to a ministry meeting, you know, even though I don't want to, I don't feel like it. But every time you take one of those contradictory actions, that's against your flesh, it kind of makes it easier. And you can become more aware of what your flesh is telling you. Yeah. Uh, and, and it becomes, uh, I guess, easier to tell it to be quiet. Yeah. Absolutely. Because usually then when I go to these ministry meetings, I'm happy that I went. Yeah, absolutely. But I kicked and screamed all the way there. You know, <laughs> I dragged my, my my feet all the way to the car and probably took every longest route to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's, a com- that's, just that's a... <laughs> It is such a common thing that we always want the it easy is. way out. We just want to take the easy way out and, and skate through life and, and everything's going to be great. You know, but well, it's... what are we told? <clears throat> what are we told throughout throughout all of our fleshly sure. programming the path to least resistance you know everything <laughs> right. there's there's a smarter way of doing everything right and half of that is usually involves cutting corners um usually involves you know the path to least resistance but the straight path isn't always the shortest one that's just the way that it is yeah. um you know i've learned that in trades i've learned that in my life that you know the straightest path isn't always the shortest path. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you have to deviate from that. Sometimes you got to go uphill. Sometimes you got to go down. Yeah. But either way, I guess the point is that you get to where you're going. Yeah. 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 And like you say, you can't cut corners. If, right. If it was possible, Christ would have did it. He said, yeah. right. possible, let this cut pat. No, brother, it's not possible. We're going to need you to go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and take that beat. Get on that yep. cross and, and yeah. redeem yeah. us. So, so. the there's no shortcuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So another scripture talking about meditation is Joshua chapter one, verse eight, which a lot of people are familiar with. Um, I'm going to read it in the new King James. God reveals here this book of the law, which again, when we hear law, it's just God's word. Cause that's what, it, that's what the law was. It was the word of God delivered to Moses that he then had to share with all the Israelites. So this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meaning my word needs to always be in your mouth. Don't let it be any moment where you're not speaking my word. So um, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall, here we go, meditate or imagine my word day and night that you may observe 
to do according to all that is written in it. So the first thing is you need to meditate in my word day and night so you can remember what you're supposed to be obeying. Because if you're not practicing my word, you're not in me. And I'm getting ready to show you a scripture that literally says that. So um, he says, the first thing, reason why I need you to meditate is so that you can remember what my word says and that you can be careful not to break it, not to violate my word, not to disobey my word. Then he says, if you meditate in my word day and night and remember what you're supposed to be following and you obey it and actually do it, he says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So this is the same thing we just read in Psalm. So there is no cut in the corners of studying to understand what God's word reveals to us about how we have to live. Then taking that same word, meditating in it day and night so we can remind ourselves what we are supposed to be living and actually live it, then we'll prosper and have good success. So this is a pretty interesting scripture in 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 24. So it's 1 John chapter 3 and 24 in the New King James. I'm going to read that. This says, now he who keeps his commandments, being God's commandments, abides in him. So if you keep God's commandments, then you abide in God and he abides in that person. So a lot of people say, oh, I'm abiding in God. I'm abiding in God. But they're not doing nothing he said. What God reveals is if you're not obeying my word, you are not abiding in me because I am the word. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So for me to abide in the word, I have to be keeping the word of God, but I can't keep the word of God if I don't know what the word of God says. If I'm not meditating in that word day and night, that is the only reason why we will prosper and have good success because the only path to thrive in life and to be successful in life and to prosper in life is to do what God's word tells us to do because it's gonna lead us away from all the traps of the enemy. It's gonna lead us into a path of abundance where we have what we need so that we're not just destitute out here in the world. And that that's spiritually, that's with our soul. And that is also with our physical being. But if we're not you know, meditating in the word of God, again, our thoughts control our life. So if I'm all out of whack up here, my emotions are going to be out of whack. That's where depression comes in. That spirit of heaviness comes in. Now you're getting people committing suicide, just don't want to go on, just want to quit, want to do all these things. What the scripture says in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. If you would have stayed in the word, if you would have stayed in his presence, there's no way that spirit of depression could have crept in and overtook you. It's impossible. So either God is a liar or we the liar. And so what we have to start doing is owning up. God is literal. He literally says what he means and he means what he literally just said. And so a lot of people want to be like, well, you know, it says this, but that's not what he means. Okay, let's look at your life again. It's not matching the word of God. And that's all the proof in the pudding right there. When I gave up all the excuses and said, you know what? I'm about to be committed to doing it your way and I'm gonna do it for as long as I need to do it to really see if your word works. When I did that, and it wasn't, I, it, it wasn't that I did it for a month, two months, I was doing it for a few years. And when I look back, I was just like, 
amazed like dang this happened this happened just like your word said this happened just like your word said this is happening all right okay all right i'm fully committed i'm on board i'm living the rest of my life like this and until we do that we're not going to be successful we're not going to prosper you can't have success and prosper without doing this yeah you said that other dirty word commitment i think a lot of christians don't want to commit either yeah. like it's it's I, I mean let's face it people are just lazy but and it's it's a shame because as as god's elect as his church and his body do you honestly think that the head of the church which is christ doesn't want his hands and feet doing what they're supposed to be doing you know go about my business he said go and preach to every creature like that's doing something that's a command and and this is the problem i've had so often is i don't understand why christians think that they're supposed to sit around and wait for god to take care of it for them i don't i don't know where they've heard well i think the prosperity it's, gospel helped <laughs> contribute to that yeah but it's 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 such a heretical teaching and thought process because it's 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 the antithesis of god's word it is 100% uh -huh. the opposite. He never said that. <clears throat> he, he said, occupy until I come. Occupy doesn't mean just sit around and occupy a space and just sit there. Exactly. It means do things in that space. It means to be active in that space. Exactly. Yeah, that frustrates me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, it's like something that, like I said, I've struggled with. I struggle with the whole, I guess, the value of worth of myself for such a long time because of, because of where, you know, how I grew up, where I came from. Um, you know, knowing the, the setbacks that I was born with, um, and, uh, figuring out how to overcome them. And it was really, it was really a lot into my mindset. You know, it, it, it took me a while to figure that out that I was, I was counting myself out and I was even keeping myself sick, uh, because of the way that I was seeing things because of the way that the things that I was thinking about, because I, I felt like. You know, I can never be on par with this person because that's for them. That's not for me. You know, I, I can never, I can never take a, a pulpit and actually give a message because that's for preachers. That's not for me. And it's like, I just, I guess I counted myself out a lot. They all because of what was between these, these ears, mm -hmm. um, you know? And so <clears throat> that's where I said, you know, like I really started to do things contrary to what, what my mind was telling me. Because my mind was saying, you can't do this. Don't go in front of all these people. <clears throat> Don't go up there and say something. You're going to look stupid. Mm -hmm. You're going to make a fool of yourself. And at this point, I'm just like, well, if I make a fool of myself, I'll make a fool of myself. But I got something to say, and I hope people listen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's what, that's what it is. I mean, even doing, even doing this show, obviously, if you'd have gone back five years ago, I wouldn't have been like, no, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just going to continue my trade job and, and be unhappy and unfulfilled and feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made that switch. <laughs> well, I had to at some point because God, you know, he gets to, he gets to a certain point where if you really tune into, if you really tune into his voice, he won't leave you alone. Yeah, absolutely. Cause he you wants to die for, for us. So. That's the thing. If he knows that you're listening, he won't leave you alone. But if you're not listening, then he'll take his hands off until you do. Yeah. You know, and so when you when you actually do start to tune in, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, I find myself like even in work, like where I'm, I'm just kind of having a debate with God, like, do I really need to do this right now? 
do I really need to do this right now? And same thing like you said, I'm sure people have heard me having these little conversations and they're like, this guy is crazy. <laughs> Am I? Right. No. Am I crazy? Because at least, at least what I'm, what I'm trying to consider right now is, you know, whether I should take a actual action in my life as opposed to just, you know, arguing with whether or not I can move forward. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, the power of the mind, it's, there's a lot there. Yeah. There's a lot there. Very powerful. Absolutely. You can make yourself sick. You can actually choose, you can choose life and death. And I know that to be true because when I was a kid, if I didn't want to go to school, I could actually convince myself that I wasn't feeling good. Yeah. And then you started feeling unwell. And then I actually didn't, I mean, it was all a ploy just to get my mom to let me stay home, you know, because there was that rotten little rebellious (laughs) spirit. Yeah. But then you actually start feeling sick. Uh And it's like, I, I literally just convinced myself that I'm sick. Think about how many times someone says, oh, I'm starting to feel sick. And then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, I'm starting to feel sick. Like it's that power of, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like power of suggestion. And this is the interesting thing. thing. This applies in prayer. When we're praying, if you're not visualizing what you're praying for, you're not, you're not believing. Because just like uh, Miko demonstrated earlier with the apple, you know, when you said green apple, we both envisioned the green apple. I didn't envision the words green apple. I envisioned an apple. And if I'm praying for, you know, a need or, or praying for someone else's health or whatever it is, we need to be able to visualize that. We need to be able to see it. You know, the, the, in uh, Genesis, it talks about every imagine, imagination was evil. It was vain. It was, it was all about selfishness and destruction when, before the flood came. And that shows you how powerful those thoughts were, that it, it brought so much evil upon the earth amongst the people that were on, you know, populating the earth at that time, that God had to destroy it. Now think about if all of the people of, of the earth today had positive thoughts and were, and I'm not talking about the crystals and, and the new age stuff. I'm talking about actual oh, godly yeah. thoughts and, and we were focused on doing God's will. What a, that'd be, I mean, I guess it would be heaven, <laughs> you know, it'd be, yeah. we'd be living in heaven on earth, but you know, we know that's not what's actually happening. So it's so critical that you're teaching us right now, Miko. Well, if yeah. we think about even with the power of the mind, think about the think about the Israelites. You know how long how long did they sit outside of of the promised land? Mm-hmm. Because there's giants there. Yep. You know, I mean, and I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> a long time? Forty years. It's a long time. Forty but... years. That's that's long. half the average human being's lifespan, and that's if you live at. at, at if you live into your ripe old age of 80s at yeah. this point but most people aren't really taking the the measures i think at this point to actually have a sustainable life um with their diet and everything else that goes into it but the thing is the the fact that they waited so long it was all because it was in their head god was telling them like just take it i've already told you i've already told you so who knows had they been obedient they could have walked right in there and the giants just thought they were giants. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We have to, in the midst, because that goes back to what Gino said um, towards the beginning of when we started, it goes to you have all these things happening in life to try to deter you from having God's word be your dominant thought. So let's take yep. what you just said, which was the Israelites not going into the promised land because they saw giants. Let's put this in per- into perspective. They should not have been scared, right? Because God says, you're going to possess it. 
but they allowed what they saw, which was a very scary sight. These giants were sometimes up to 30 feet tall. So let's see you walk up to a 30 foot tall giant and be like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. Like you really got to be solid in your mind to say, I see all these people that are 13 feet tall, 20 feet tall, 30 feet tall. Doesn't matter. We going in and take it. Guess who said we going in? Joshua and Caleb. But the other 10 were like, no, dog. We look like ants and they say grasshoppers. We can't do that. But God's like, I told you a thousand times you can do it. So this is them facing 30 foot tall people. Sometimes we just face in someone who don't like us or someone who won't give us an opportunity and we quit. So yeah. guess what they're going to say? That's what I was going to say. Uh, <clears throat> uh, say. we had 30 feet tall people, we was backing down to y'all back. Yeah, you had something, you had something actually, <laughs> actually something to be scared of. Exactly. So yeah. that just goes to show no matter how scary things are in your life or how mm -hmm. comfortable you are or how much out of your comfort zone you are, as long as you're standing on an actual promise in God's word, yeah. he got you as long as you operate in that work. And we got to make sure that we don't allow anything to move our mindset from that. And um, I want to piggyback off something um, Gino was talking about with the imagination, because there's a man in God, you know, he's baptizing the Holy Spirit. Um, and he said before he actually raised his first person from the dead, he said he had imagined himself doing it like literally about a thousand times. So it was like practice in his head. Like he just kept seeing himself raising someone from the dead, raising someone from the dead, raising someone from the dead about a thousand times until it literally actually happened where he had this opportunity in front of him where someone had died and he didn't even think twice and commanded for them to come back into their body in the name of Jesus. And the guy just woke up. And so that wasn't like, I wasn't ready. I hadn't been meditating in God's word, but I'm gonna just do this thing. No, he said he had been meditating in that for like a thousand times. So that just shows how powerful the meditation piece is of seeing ourselves doing what God said we can do. He said, greater works you're going to do because I'm going back to be with the father. But how many of us see ourselves, imagine ourselves doing those greater works and then move into reality, step into reality and actually start doing those things. It's time for action people, but we can't get to the action until we get this mind right, which is what we're going through tonight. So um, let's talk real quick about the importance of a sober mind before we really start to drill out um, scriptures about how your thoughts definitely take you into either a good path or a bad path. So God has a lot to say about being sober. And we see in this day and age, marijuana is now legal in a lot of places. Uh, people are constantly getting high, whether it's on opioids, on other different types of things. No matter what's going on in your life, doctors are prescribing you things so that you be, can, can become addicted, um, just constantly on drugs. Kids, if they can't sit still, it's because they're a child. But no, let's put them on Ritalin. Let's put them on this. Let's put them on that. So you're getting it from you just with drugs constantly pumped in their system. These people are not sober. They're not in their right mind. I've literally had people who as teenagers or younger, because I used to be with... Um, the children's ministry when I was at my former church and also the teens and some of these kids that were on drugs, they said they didn't like it because they didn't feel like themselves anymore. They just was completely someone else. And I'm like, yeah, you are completely someone else because you're not lucid. You're not in your mind. And again, it is opening doors for demonic spirits to be inside of them. And with at least one of them, I knew for sure demonic spirits were in them. So 
let's talk about this real quick. So God's, um, he warns us through Peter to remain sober-minded um, and not become high on drugs or intoxicated with alcohol so that we can control our dominant thought. There's no way you can control what you're thinking about if you are not sober. And that's why he preaches for us to be sober and to be sober and meditate in his word. So again, these are gateways for demonic spirits to enter and live inside of a person and then begin to rule and dominate them. So the first scripture, I'm going to read it in two different translations. So the first scripture is going to be 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8. Again, 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8. I'm going to start out and read this in the English Standard Version. It says here, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Satan cannot devour just anybody. He can readily devour someone who's not sober. And I've already stated before when I talked about deliverance on here, how I cast demons out of this one guy and I called out marijuana because God revealed to me, hey, call out the spirits that came in through marijuana. And then I said, maybe about a year later, I, see, I saw the same person and they was in a worse condition. And the Lord said, call out spirits of marijuana because this individual had went back to smoking. And as I started to call those spirits that came into him through marijuana, they literally became very chatty and said, man, she did this last time when she called out marijuana and we had to go. Now we got to go. So if you listen to any of the rock stars, rappers, actors, any of them, they say they do their best work high because it's a gateway. It's a portal for demons to come in, write the songs for them, give them the, the movies to write and the TV shows to write that we sit down and use as entertainment, pumping us and opening up doors for us to allow demons to come in. Because again, I said, you got to protect your eye gates and your ear gates. So this is serious, y'all. I have actually been doing deliverance on people who had demons in them through not being sober. So I'm going to read that same um, scripture, 1 Peter 5 and 8 in God's word, because English Standard Version says, be sober-minded, but in God's word, it says, keep your mind clear. So if you don't understand what it means to be sober, it means to not be intoxicated, to not be high, to be clear-minded, where you can think, where you have can you can display self-control, where you can dictate what you're going to allow your thoughts to be versus what you're not going to allow your thoughts to be. So it says, keep your mind clear, be alert. You're not alert when you're intoxicated or high. It says your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. Y'all, drugs and this whole alcohol thing where people are just getting drunk, alcohol is not wrong to drink. It's when you become drunk. It's when you become intoxicated that now you cross the line and you're opening doors. I'm, I'm just flat out. So um, I'm going to read two more scriptures and then I'll pause unless you got something right No, now. go ahead. Go ahead. So two more scriptures on being sober. First Peter chapter one and 13. And I'm going to read this in the CSB translation. It says, therefore, with your minds ready for action, 
be sober minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here Peter says, your mind should be ready for action, but it, it can only be ready for action when it's sober, when your mind is sober. And then the last thing in 1 Peter 4 and 7, I'm going to read this in the ASV translation. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore of sound mind. Be sober unto prayer. So being sober means that you're clear-minded, you have a sound mind, you're able to think, you're able to operate in self-control, you're able to dictate what thoughts you will entertain versus what thoughts you're going to reject and not entertain. If you are not sober, you cannot do this. And that's why Satan is got this agenda going right now in the earth to legalize as many drugs as possible and to make sure people are so depressed that they're trying to escape through drugs and getting drunk that they can't control their dominant thought and their dominant thought is going to be whatever they give them and it's going to lead them down a road of destruction. So I'll pause there if anyone has anything or keep going. Well, you know, talking about drugs and not being high and all that stuff, you go back to God's word tells us about pharmacia. Yep. So, you know, he warns us, don't, don't open yourself up to the demonic realm. Don't open yourself to the spiritual realm. Same thing goes with divination, you know, things like that, yeah. where you're allowing these things to occupy that space that's supposed to be clean and sober. Yeah. So when we do that, we're, we're actually giving them permission. You know, the, the, let's face it, demons look for legal loopholes. They're like the Johnny Cochran's of the world. <laughs> of they the spirit are. world like they like really if the are. glove if the glove you know it, uh what is it if the glove fits you must acquit or it doesn't fit whatever it was yeah. i can't remember the same but you know it's the same thing like they that's what it was yeah it's the same thing i mean they look for an open door and then they just like bring all their buddies in like hey we got one you know and and, yep. and it seems simple enough uh it is funny that you brought up the legalization of marijuana like that is I don't know how many states have legalized it now. Michigan's definitely one of them. And and it's the politicians have opened a door to the demonic realm, whether they knowingly did it or didn't. They're complicit in the demonic <clears throat> activity that's going on in people right now. Yeah. And it's and then but then what do they do? They're gonna medicate you some more. They're gonna give you more pharmacia. Like it's it's incredible that drugs, like God's word already warned us about this stuff. Thousands yeah. of years ago, he's warning us about drugs and what, where are we at? The most drug induced society in the history of the world. Like it's not uh -huh. even close. Yeah. Like I forget, I just saw stats a couple, we talk about this all the time on rescue the fosters that they get these kids in foster care and immediately they, they, they're looking for something wrong with them so they can put them on drugs. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like how like two, three, yeah, two, three, four <laughs> things, get them, get them on psychotropic drugs and, and, you know. And then, and then they blame, then when the kid starts acting out, they blame it on something else. So they give them more drugs. Right. And it's sad. It's sad that that's where we're at, but this is why God warned us about it because a sober mind prevents all of these behavioral, you know, problems and issues. Yeah. Our well, sin nature, <laughs> it's a total, well, I don't even know if you can call it a bandaid anymore. Cause I think it's actually doing more harm. I think well, in the it, long, it, it is know, maybe physical, temporarily, <clears throat> yeah. but I'm saying like for us, like, I think with a lot of the like with a lot of the parents these days, it's much easier just to say, "Well, I'm doing everything I can do for you know little Timmy, 
because I'm giving them, I'm making sure that they take their medication and I'm making sure that I'm doing everything the doctor's telling me to do. And so in some way, it kind of like pacifies that thought that instead of you actually engaging and getting to the bottom of the situation, really trying to figure out what the source and root of it is, it's easier just to say, well, I'm doing everything that I can do because I'm giving them, you know, whatever their psychiatrist says that I should be giving them. But the truth is it's it's usually something physical that is needed more so than from a substance point. It's usually something that's lacking in life that now has to be classified as a condition. Uh, you know, everything is a condition these days. And that's something that's so frustrating for me because back when, even back when I was growing up in the eighties, like you never heard about autism. No, <laughs> but right. now pretty much every one of us is on the spectrum at some point. <laughs> all of us, mm-hmm. we're all autistic to some degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just because if you're antisocial, you're autistic. Yep. <clears throat> you know, and and the thing is, it it kind of it it kind of saddens me because if if you've actually encountered you know a a, a child or a young person that really does have a serious condition which we know that it's spiritual, but the thing is, if you see how debilitating it can be, and then just to classify everyone else as some form of it, it it's kind of saddening for me. Um, because it's like, yeah. you're, you're not really struggling with this just because you're antisocial. You know, I mean, there, there are those that can't even speak. You want to talk about a spiritual root there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it, our our society is very flawed in the way that they do things, but they're so quick to classify and flawed, you know, flawed, put you in that category. Go they're ahead. flawed, but they're intentional, Matt. That's, that's the sickening part about it. Like this is a very intentional thing that's been going on for decades to get us yeah. out of our minds, literally yeah. so that they can control you. That's exactly what it's all about. Our good friend, joyful June uh, has joined us and she said, would y'all consider caffeine a drug? That's going to be a tough one to kick <laughs> the habit on so <laughs> you know what? joyful june you know what? <clears throat> go ahead man yep. my wife is actually uh she's going to be starting on monday a fast from sugar and um she's actually gone on social media and she's been doing a lot of lives and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have come alongside her and decided to join her in this um sugar <laughs> is a major addiction for a lot of people I mean, so it seems silly, but sugar, yeah, that that. It's right only there. a it's a third less though, Matt. So <laughs> okay, I get it, I get it. But my wife is actually trying to she's she's going down this road where she basically wants to eliminate sugar for for forty days, mm-hmm. and that's not just sweets and treats. That's also things that break down to sugars. Wow. So I'm you want to talk about. You want to talk about discipline? That's, that's especially in this society. That's that's a tough one. That's really tough. And that's let's the whole go thing. To, I mean, let's let's go to the caffeine thing, though, because I, that's a, that's actually a really good question. I mean, I don't. I drink cappuccinos. They have a little bit of caffeine, not as much, like because they're fake cappuccinos, not the real ones. But every let's face it, ninety nine percent of people are drinking coffee in the morning or tea or something with caffeine in it to get them going, whatever. Now here's this is I, I'm going to say my part, and then I want you two to comment on this. I believe anything can become an addiction. Obviously, yeah. we can we can create yeah. any kind of addiction that we want. Food can be right. an addiction. You know, Twinkies can be whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if coffee becomes an addiction and it's something that 
is needed to get you going and keep you going, I would suggest that's obviously not healthy for your physical body, but definitely not not healthy for your mental state of mind. Now, I don't does this all play into our spiritual life? Of course it does. We're we're, you know, we're we're body, soul, and spirit. So you I think it's it's always a healthy balance with some of this stuff. Now, I'm not a big fan of the whole weed thing. Like I when they legalized that, I was very upset about it. I I, I understand there's people with medical conditions, you know, like cancers and things like that. I, I get that for pain. I, but personally, I'm not a big fan of it. But then I also have to question myself on this. I have to say, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm saying it's okay to drink a beer or two, as long as you're sober minded still, and you're not getting a buzz or, or getting drunk off of it. What if someone is smoking weed to, to just, you know, kick back and they, they, I don't know. I've never done it. I, that was never my thing growing up. So I, I don't even know the effects of it. All my friends were doing it. Everybody I knew was doing it. Okay. So, but does it see, here's the thing. And I, I'm not the expert on this. So if someone, let's say they smoke one joint and, and it, and it doesn't affect them. Like a beer doesn't affect me if I have a beer. Is that okay? Because they're still sober-minded. No, okay. it's affected. Okay. It is okay. It's hallucinogenic. So it is designed to take you out of your right mind so that them spirits can come right on in. So caffeine is not a hallucinogenic. So, you know, those are not apples to apples right there. Mm-hmm. So No, it's a stimulant. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to going back to what you were saying, Gino, anything that you're addicted to is a problem. Because if I need this to get through my day and it's not Jesus, we got some issues going on right Mm -hmm. here. So nothing should be that essential that you can't function unless you have it. So I would say anything that's like that, if it's not God, you need to, you need to, you know, do something to start to curtail that, to wean yourself off of that. Um, Yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't drink caffeine like that. I don't need something to get me going in the morning. And, and being in corporate America, you see a lot of people that are, they're like, I, I got to get three cups before I'm good or whatever. And I just praise Jesus. Cause I'm like, I'm full of the Holy spirit. That's my power. That's what get me going. I don't, I don't need that stuff. And I've been very careful and very intentional not to drink certain things or try certain things because everybody else is doing it. And that's how a lot of other people did get hooked too. Maybe they didn't like it and they're like, well, everybody else is doing it. And now, you know, they drink it. Now they're addicted to it because you start to get into that pattern of, I need this where, and that's a mental thing. If we don't go back and be honest, it's really mental. You don't need it. Um, But your body, of course, has become so used to it that when you start to wing yourself off of it, you are gonna go through something that's like withdrawals or whatever like that. But it's all mental that you need something like a stimulant like that to get you through, especially if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't need that because the Holy Spirit is your power. If the Holy Spirit is not enough to get you through, we got some issues going on, quite honestly. Yeah, I agree. Well well said. Okay, well, let's continue, Miko. What's what's uh, okay. the next step? Okay, so we're we're looking at how. Okay, so a lot of people tend to think in order to like be successful, to be on the right path, to do the things that God said, kind of goes back to what you said earlier, Gino. Like, I don't have to do anything. All I need to just do is throw up a prayer. God got me. That is not what he. Said. That's not what he said. Not at all close to what he said. So we have a lot of people, yes, you're supposed to pray. That is a part of our relationship with God. But prayer is two-way communication. It's not me just throw up all my 
wishes, demands, my Christmas list and say, answer that for me, Jesus. I got to go do something else. Watch TV, eat Twinkies. So no, what we're supposed to do is, yeah, we're discussing this with God. We're giving him our cares, but guess what he's going to do? He's going to turn around and start talking to us and give us instructions for us to carry out. Why? Because God wants disciples of Christ. All these other titles we come up with, he didn't come up with that. He called his followers disciples that because they are to follow him. So we should always be listening to God. What is the plan? What is the strategy? What is the tactic? What should I do next? And he'll start to orchestrate your path. He speaks and you can hear him. But if you have a problem hearing him, that's something that you're going to have to work on developing. A lot of times people truly don't hear God. So they throw a prayer up and then they just do whatever they think is best. But we're seeing, according to scripture, prayer alone is not going to cause you to thrive in life, to be successful in life, to flourish in life. It is going to be you starting to get your mindset right. And it talks about in Romans 2, 12 and 2, to renew your mind. So we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. This is when the renewing of the mind takes place in the meditation and the studying, and the murmuring his word, and the revolving his word around in our mind so we can think differently, so we can decide differently, so we can act differently, so our habits can now be that of God, our character can now be that of God, and our destiny can now be where God wants us to be. But again, if we're not, you know, if we're not doing what his word says, and we're like, well, I'll take this part of his word and do it, but this part of his word, I'm just going to throw it away. If we're selective, let's, let's say it that way, there's a lot of selective people in the world I'll selectively read and follow this part of God's word, but eh, these parts, I don't need it. You need all of it, really. So again, whatever we're thinking, whatever our mind is saturated with, is going to construct our reality. So let's start to take a look at some scriptures that talks about what's in our mind and if it's saturated, because there are scriptures that talks about out of the abundance of your heart, the abundance of your mind. That's the same thing as saying your dominant thought because your mind, your heart, when it says your heart, it's talking about your mind. So if your mind is abundant with something, it's dominated by that. So the first scripture that I'm going to read is going to be Matthew chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 19 through 20 in the English standard version. This says, for out, um, for out of the heart or out of your mind or your imagination come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So what Christ, because this is Christ speaking, and what he's revealing is that the manifestation of what we see in our world when murder is happening, when adultery, people are stepping outside of their marriages, when sexual immorality is happening, and sexual immorality can be whether it is having sex outside of marriage or not being married or being homosexual, um, having sex with animals, which is bestiality, um, incest, like all these different things that encompasses sexual immorality. When you see theft running rampant, when you see all of these evil things that's happening, what God is revealing is that that was generated because of someone's dominant thought. 
if we got a serial killer running around, you want to know why? The dominant thought is not right up here. Somebody that's constantly stealing to get ahead. We see greed happening just in abundance in America. Um, it's just out of control. You know why? Because that's the dominant thought. I want more and I want more and I'm going to get more and I'm going to take more. So we can see what's running rampant in people's minds by seeing their current reality, the life that they're currently living, the patterns that we see existing in their lives. All of this is a result of the dominant thought because our dominant thoughts control our actions. And that's really scary to know that we have a lot of this stuff happening because people are not thinking the way God has required or, or, or commissioned for us to think. Satan has gotten a hold of them through people, through media, through other outlets. And it is just really destroying when it comes to youth, when it comes to middle-aged people, when it comes to elderly people. Like, this is a problem throughout all of society. So since your dominant thought, again, generates or constructs your reality, this is why God says we got to meditate in his word day and night so that we can have good success and prosper and that we don't go down this road of thinking evil thoughts or murder or whatever. And anytime you experience something, yes, there are going to be things in life that frustrate us. There are going to be things in life that make us angry. There are going to be some things in life that really is provoking you to operate in unforgiveness and all these different things. But as soon as you realize those thoughts are happening, we got to catch that. That's what it talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and 5. It says, bring all those thoughts captive that is rising up contrary to the knowledge of God. But a lot of times people are just letting these thoughts continue. And then they start thinking the thoughts and then agreeing with the thoughts like, yeah, I'm never going to forgive them. Or yeah, I should kill them. Or yeah, I should gossip about them and slander and backbite and do all these different things. Why? That's the dominant thought. And it needs to be reined in and controlled. So before I get to the next scripture, any thoughts or comments on that? Well, I think it's amazing that the Bible talks about the mind so much. This is, I remember when I when I really started understanding God's word, I couldn't believe I literally thought it was written for me. Like I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, how did he know all this <laughs> stuff about me? You know, like it was it's funny thinking back on that. But it's it's amazing how much the mind plays a part in our lives. And of course it would. I mean, that's where your your thought process is, that's where everything starts. And you know, the mind, this is the other thing. I think the brain, you know, let's look at the brain like it's an antenna. The mind is part of your spirit, man. That is going to go on forever and ever and ever. It's never going to go away. If you're a Christian, it's going to be a crystal clear mind in, in heaven and on the new earth. If you go to hell, you will be tormented by that thing. Your mind will torment you in hell. Whatever your vices were on the earth will be multiplied again and again and again in hell. So that's how important the mind is to get under control now while you have time through Jesus Christ, who can set you free from all that negative thinking. It doesn't mean you're never going to have a negative thought again, but just like Miko's been teaching all night, we have we have more control over it when we have our partner working with us, the Holy Spirit. So it's that's a key, key thing, I think. But before we go on, we have to pay some bills, so we'll be right back after our advertisers. Mike Lindell, and in light of the recent events, your continued support means everything to myself and my employees. To thank you for having the biggest sale ever on all my pillow bedding. 
Get my pillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as $29.98. We even have pet blankets from small size to the ones for your car. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping in while quantities last. Please order now. It's a general uh, immune health preventive strategy. So you need vitamin D, then you need zinc, which is the bullet, and then to form a functioning gun, you need vitamin C and quercetin. Patients were having trouble sourcing it because it was four different ingredients that were not always available in the same place. They had trouble finding the right doses. It was a puzzle that was a little too complex for people to put together. So I was asked to produce something that has everything in one package. So with the help of my colleagues, we were able to produce a compound called Z-Stack, which basically has vitamin C, vitamin D, and most importantly, has quercetin and zinc. And all I'm allowed to say is that it's an immune booster and nutritional supplement, which it is. Thank you for hanging out and waiting patiently. We are back with our guest, Tremiko Thweet from gatherinc.org. Tremiko, another amazing teaching. I, Matt, don't we love having Miko on the show? She's <laughs> like, I, do, I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it's, it. It's just so good. Like I love, like as a Christian, I know there's a lot of Christians that kind of get this big head like, well, I know it all now. I know God's word. I know what it says. You know, they got this like, you know, puffed out chest or whatever. I always love learning. Like I will never stop learning. I and I've heard some of the other teachings on this, and I learned a little bit from them, a little bit from this. But Miko, I got to say, you have it is such a gift that you have. Um, like you're teaching on faith. I've listened to it three or four times. Like it's just so thorough and good. And I remember Robert told me before you ever came. He says, "Oh man, you got to see this sister. <laughs> like she's unbelievable, <laughs> man. Like she is so gifted. You know, and it's so true. I mean, I've learned so much from you, and I, I, I just." love having you on and just thank you again for for coming back thank you for having me it's a pleasure honor for sure i think i like the fact that um you're a lot like myself <clears throat> when i'm doing teaching i'm very descriptive and i'm very plain i don't i don't try i don't try to i guess over <laughs> like theorize things um, and that's one of the things that I, people have said, you know, when I've given messages before, they're just like, man, I appreciate how you make it simple because that's the, that's the other thing. That's where it comes back to that whole mind thing. When you get over complicated with things, then you lose people Yeah. When, because they just, they can't, they can't understand that it's, it's not as, it's not as complex as you think it is. Yeah. It's actually much, it's actually quite simpler than you would think yeah. but wh where that where that happens is a lot of times like people have like church church and things like that because they have people that are very charismatic teachers and 
you're going to use big words and, you know, and, and it's just like, I've gotten lost in those, in those sermons. Yeah. Like I've gotten lost sitting there like, wait, I was, uh, <laughs> I was tracking for a minute, but it, I, I feel like he lost me there. Cause now I'm concentrating on what you're saying, yep. but, but not what you're saying. <laughs> if, that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Concentrate that on what makes... you said, not what you said. <laughs> exactly. Uh... That's the whole thing. That's the thing. And so I, I appreciate the fact that you, you, you put it in a simple form because that's, I think that's what needs to happen more often. Because like I said, I've been to a lot of churches where everything is, you know, it's, it's very grandiose. Yeah. And if you don't have, um, if you don't have, basically I'll put it to you like this. If you don't have a Harvard under a Harvard understanding of the Bible, then you're not going to understand what it is that you're being taught. Yeah. If you come in there with an elementary school understanding, then you're not going to understand Harvard. Yeah. Um, so sometimes we have to go back to, we have to go back to basics. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to keep it simple and, and be descriptive and make it plain. Yeah. I mean, the, the word says that to, <laughs> to make it plain. And so I appreciate that. Well, that's a that's how you know it's a gift. Someone that has the gift of teaching can make it plain so everybody understands. Using big words and theological terms and all this stuff, that's great when when everybody understands that language. But you know, it'd be like a it'd be like a chemistry teacher coming on here. I, I, I don't know one thing about chemistry and he just starts spouting off all these terms and, and formulas and we'd be sitting here like scratching our head, like, Well, what good is this doing me? So yeah, when right. this is how you know it's a gift that God has given her, that she is able to communicate it. So it, I don't care if you're a baby Christian or you've been a Christian for 50 years, you understand it. That's that's a gift, and we appreciate it. Oh, yep. And I appreciate that, too, because um, that's the thing. When I was coming up, I wanted, and I experienced the same thing that both of you just said. It was just like, why are you making it so difficult to understand? Is it that hard? Because my thing was, well, since we got to live by this and this is a commandment, it got to be easier than just to understand. Because if it's this hard to understand, how are you going to hold me accountable at judgment? And that's right. just it. <laughs> People overcomplicate <laughs> things. And and yeah, and you're right. I do recognize it's a gift and that's what keeps me hum- humble because there was a time when God was like, just for a moment, I'm going to pull this back just so you can see this is not you. And I couldn't think right. I couldn't hmm. get the lesson right. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And I was like, thank you for that experience because that that make that will make sure I never become prideful because it's not me. It's the gift that he's given me. And at any point, you know, if, if I try to act like it's me, well, it's going to be for me. It's going to be very detrimental for me. So yeah. Um, God needs people to be able to, you know, make his word as simple as he declared it and not to overcomplicate it. So mm-hmm. that's my thing. I just want to see people understand the word of God so that they can actually live the word of God. Cause if you, if you don't understand it, like what you said, nobody's going to be able to live it. And, and they're going to seek something easier that they can't right. understand. And it's not going to be God's word. It's going to be some false doctrine. So yeah. Awakened mom said, I'm not sure that pastors, ministers, priests actually understand scripture. <laughs> Neither am I, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many false teachings or errors I've heard in sermons that I just can't even believe. And yet the congregation just shakes their head. Yes. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is great. They can clap. Yeah. And you just sit there and you're like, Oh my gosh, like these sheep are just being led astray and they don't even know it. And, and whether it's intentional or not, if you're called, this is what made me kind of sit on my hands for a while, Miko, because I knew I was called to teach. 
Um, I thought it was called to be a pastor for a long time. I wasn't. I was called to teach and do this this type of stuff. Correction, I think, more. And what I realized is when when I saw that scripture, there's, there's a, a greater judgment for those that teach. There's a reason for that. Because if you're teaching an error, now look, God God is okay if it's in ignorance for a while until you, but if you're not diligently studying and understanding what you're mm. teaching, that's on yeah. you. So if you're teaching an ignorant and you're not studying, boy, you better be careful. I mean, you like, <laughs> like you better be really, really careful. Now, if it's just a mistake and then you go back and you correct the mistake and you tell your, geez, I taught error, you know. Like I recently on my other show the other night, I played Creflo Dollar, you know, his supposed apology about teaching on tithing and, and, you know, and he didn't really apologize and he did, he just says, Oh, everybody was teaching this. Well, does that mean that that's okay? Like, I don't understand how you can do that. Like, just be humble enough to go out there and say, I screwed up. Yeah. I wrote, I, you know, I wrote five, 10 books on the subject and all of them are wrong. They're all in error and I'm going to refund you your money. <laughs> that's what really should happen, but it's not going to, but this, this thing of like pastors know it all and teachers are always right. No, we have to be humble enough to admit when we make a mistake. It's okay. There is nothing yeah. wrong with making a mistake yeah. as long as if if there's people under you, you need to let them know you made the yeah, mistake. you got to get it right. you got to get yeah. that right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay, so, continue, please. Okay. <laughs> so going on, so we just looked at the scripture before we had took the um, commercial break that in Matthew 12, 34 through 35, that he talked about, oh, actually we haven't looked at that, sorry. It was in Matthew um, chapter 15, we looked at verses 19 through 20, where it talks about, um, for out of the heart comes like all the evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all those things. So here's another scripture, and it gets into talking about out of the abundance. And so what I want you to also understand is when it talks about out of the abundance of the heart, what it's talking about is out of your dominant thought. So whatever is the dominant thing that you're thinking about in your mind, that is the direction that your life is going to go. So in Matthew chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 34 through 35 in the New King James Version. It says, and this is Christ talking, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance or out of the dominant thought of your heart, or your mind, imagination, the mouth speaks. So let's pause. Nobody's going to speak anything unless it's dominant in their thought. It's abundant. So people who tell coarse jokes, it talks to the Bible says we shouldn't be operating coarse jesting, profanity, like all these different things with our mouth that are evil, that we shouldn't do evil communication, forward speech, which is speech that is contrary to the things that God says. That has to be dominant in your thought process. It has to be abundant in your heart, meaning abundant in your mind for that to even matriculate out of your mouth. So if that's coming out of your mouth, if you're speaking those things, I, I, I have been around some people that are like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And I'm like, yes, you did. Because it, if it wasn't on your mind, it would not have come out of your mouth. And that is for sure. So this says for out of the abundance of the heart or your dominant thought, the mouth speaks. 35 says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart or his mind, his imagination brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So in order for you to bring forth good things from your mouth, because remember I said your thoughts control your decisions, which control your actions. Your actions is comprised of what you speak and what you do. 
So you're not going to speak anything that is not dominant on your mind. And if that's what's dominant on your mind, if it's good, you're going to produce good fruit, good works. If it's evil, you're going to produce evil works. And we saw that in the last scripture. For out of the heart, the mind come evil things, thoughts, adultery, all of this different stuff is said, murder, theft, false witness, slander. So for all of these things to be taking place from an individual, you can tell if they're a good tree or if they're a bad tree, because a good tree can only produce good fruit and a bad tree can only produce bad fruit. And when we're talking about fruit, we're talking about pattern because yes, evil people can do one or two good acts. Good people can mess up and do one or two bad things, but we're talking about a pattern of, of things that we can see as your lifestyle, your character. If it's bad, it's because the core of you is bad and the core of you are your thoughts. If it's good, that's because the core of you is good, meaning your thoughts. And the only thing that is good is God. So that would mean your thoughts would have to be about God and his word. So this is really, really huge. It's big, a big revelation that God has given us. So if we want to see good manifested in our life, productivity manifested in our life, prosperity. And when I say prosperity, I'm not just speaking financially. I'm talking about also in our health, in our mind, in our emotions. If, do, if we want the things that we place our hands to, to prosper, we got to meditate in the word of God and do that. And let me give you a quick secret revelation here that God revealed that people are like, you know, oh, he said, if I'm planted, you know, if I meditate in the word of God day and night, I shall be like this tree planted by the rivers of water and whatever I do shall prosper. So they just take to doing whatever they think, you know, I think I should be doing this. I think I should be doing this. I think I should be doing this. And they start to do all these things in life and they're constantly failing. Well, why is that? Did God say, in your alone time with him, hey, go do this. Or hey, go over there and do that. Or did you in your own estimation come up with, this is what I'm going to do. The revelation in that scripture is that the person who meditates in the word of God day and night is only going to set their hands to do what God leads them to do, encourages them to do, inspires them to do, speaks to them to do. And when you do that, you're going to hit the bullseye every single time. But when you're not hearing from God, when you're not inspired by God, when you're not driven by God to do something and you think that this is a good thing to do or it seems godly or it seems like it's going to work, it seems like it's going to be prosperous, like all these pyramid schemes and stuff like that. It's not. So we got to make sure, and, and, and personal testimony, the times that I thought, okay, I think this is what I should do. I think this is what I should do. And I went and did it. I was not successful, but every time I went to the Lord and heard from him, or I was inspired by him to do something, or he put a burden in my heart to do something and I did it, it was always successful. So that we got to be good at hearing God and following him because I'm meditating in his word. So I'll know what to do. And when I meditate in the word, it's opening myself so that I can hear God. Just like when you listen to demonic things or smoke weed and open your mind up to all of that, you're opening your mind so you can hear demons and Satan. Well, it's the same thing on the opposite because they're just imitating God. When you lend your mind to the word of God and the things of God, it positions you to better hear the rhema word of God when he speaks. So let me just pause there. Any thoughts, questions, or comments? 
Matt? <laughs> what, you don't got anything to say? <laughs> I, I mean, I always have. I always have something to say. <laughs> I just think it's, I mean, I, you know, for me personally lately, it's been hard to hear his voice. And I've been spending a lot of time with him. Like, I mean, just trying to get quiet. But for me, it's always hard to get quiet. Like, I have a very difficult time settling down just because of th the way I was brought up, the way I do things. I've always been a go-getter. Go, 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 go. I got to fix this, do this. So it's hard for me to calm my spirit down. And, um, and I know that's why I'm not hearing him, like, I, as clear as I, I can. Now, he does speak to me in dreams quite a bit because he knows that's when I can finally, like, settle down. But if I wasn't paying attention to the dreams, I would have no idea what direction to go in right now. I honestly would be, like, a mess. So I get that. I know exactly what you're saying. And I know there's other people that are watching or going to watch, and they're thinking, oh, yeah, sure, she hears God's voice, you know. She's, you know, she understands all this stuff. I don't. I'm, you know, I'm, and we... But those are excuses. We need to just say, you know what? Wait a minute. It's not complicated. Like like Matt said before, this is not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's just a matter of understanding God's character, understanding how he built us and how we abide in him. And when you do that, it's amazing. Like Miko said, the pieces come together. It does. And he will make your ways easier. They will be straighter because then you avoid the snares that the enemy has put on your path. You're not going to yeah. step into that bear trap. I think that's very critical what you were saying. So, yeah, thank you. And, and trust me, I'm not teaching anything that I have not experienced myself. It used to be very difficult for me to hear from God. It used to be very difficult, Gino, for me to get myself still where I can just quiet my mind down, concentrate, because it would always be racing, just thinking about different things. And I'm very analytical, so I'm always analyzing stuff. And uh, it used to be extremely difficult. And it... It's been a process like over the years, like I'm far, I'm like removed from that now. Cause this was like, probably when I was in my twenties, when I decided to start getting serious about God. Um, and so I had to go on this journey and it wasn't an overnight journey. So I want to encourage you if you're, if you can't hear from him that well, or you have difficulty, you got to keep going. I remember when I would pick up the Bible and I was just like, I don't understand what I'm reading. And I was from the King James days. So you got the D's and the Dows and shouts. I was like, I don't understand yeah. this. And so it was like, keep going, don't stop. And I just had to keep reading. And I just felt like I was spinning my wheels because I'm like, I feel like I'm not getting nothing out of this. But really you're spending time with God. It may feel like nothing is happening. But again, before you, let me say this to hopefully encourage someone. And I mentioned this probably in another teaching that the parent realm is the spirit realm to this natural realm. So before you see anything manifest in this three-dimensional earth realm, it first has to get sparked in the spirit realm. And then because it's happening in the spirit realm, what we see in this earth realm is just a manifestation of what's already been happening in the spirit realm. So when we spend time with God, whether it's reading the word, meditating in the word, even if you don't understand it, it is a spiritual exercise. When you pray to God, who is a spirit, it is a spiritual exercise. Better yet, if you have the ability to pray in tongues, which is an unknown language, that is all spiritual. That is none of you talking at that moment. That is the spirit of God inside of your spirit. And it is a spirit to spirit communication. That is essential for you to have that. That is in scripture. And God talks about that. So you have to start to do these spiritual 
exercises, which is your relationship with God. And before you even start to see anything manifested in this earth realm, it's all first taking place behind the scenes. And then eventually it's going to spill over into this earth realm. So I would read the Bible all the time, walk away feeling defeated. I don't understand nothing in there, but I'm still spending time with God, not realizing things are happening in the spirit world. I'm praying to him, Lord, I'm reading your word. I don't understand it. I'm frustrated. I'm going to keep doing it because you told me to. I'm going to be committed, but I'm just letting you know I'm not getting nothing out of this. And I would literally be real with him like that and have these conversations. So now I'm praying to him. That's a spiritual exercise. I'm communicating, but he's encouraging me. Just keep doing it. I understand. Just keep doing it. And the more I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept spending time, then eventually, like maybe one Bible session, I may have got one thing out of it. It's like, huh, okay, I'm gonna hold on to that. And I would, I would write notes and I'm so glad I did this in the past. I would have like yellow sticky notes. And as I'm reading, I would have questions and didn't understand anything. And I would write all of this out and just stick it in the Bible and just, and just leave it there. Cause I didn't want to lose it. So I just kept sticking it in the Bible. And I promise you guys, it was maybe like a year or two later. Um, and I had developed in my relationship and the growth came like, it just kind of seemed like it just came out of nowhere. But the reason why it seems like that is because I was sowing in the spirit, stacking it up in the spirit. And then finally I started to reap a harvest later. And it was about maybe a good year later or so, but I was about two, three years later into it. Nah, um, you know, I'm maybe on the, uh, what do you call it when you have a bike, the tri, the tri wheels or whatever on there. So that the kid tricycle. Yeah. Tricycle. Yeah. So you and have the training that. wheels. Yeah. The, tra the training wheels. Yeah. yeah. So eventually you get the training wheels and then eventually you get past that and you can start taking the training wheels off and actually ride the bike that that's going to be your journey. And so I remember after getting to a certain point in God, I had the sticky notes in there and I was like, let me read what these were. And I was just cracking up laughing and I, so don't get offended because I'm talking about myself. When I read it, I was like, I was so dumb. I didn't understand any of this stuff. <laughs> now I understand, like I can answer every single question, but that was, and I'm so glad I did that because it was able, I was able to see my growth in God because these were literal questions that I had. And I encourage you, if you have questions, don't be embarrassed. Don't be like, no. this is stupid. I should know it. I would encourage you write down your questions and develop that relationship of studying the word and asking God to open up your understanding and things like that so that you can look back years later and be like, man, I've grown. I understand. And I know all the answers to these questions. So, and it was the same thing with hearing from God for years. I'd be like, I can't hear him. It's so difficult. I can. And I would try to, you know, get my mind quiet when I go to pray or get my mind quiet in the beginning when I wanted to try to read the Bible and all this different stuff, you're going to have those challenges where you fall asleep because the enemy's trying to, you know, get distracted, mm -hmm. make you go to sleep or get frustrated because you don't understand or get frustrated because you feel like you're talking to thin air and you're like, I feel dumb. There's nobody here, but I'm talking like you got to get past all of that uncomfortableness. And it seems like it's not doing anything before you start to reap a harvest from all those different things. And I'm now at the point where like I can hear him. It literally, it literally used to be like a Verizon commercial where I would always be like, God, I can't hear you. And he would just mess with me and be like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And he literally <laughs> did that. And I'd be like, he was like, you hear me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just, I got to get better at being sure that I hear you. So we developed in that relationship and he'll even do stuff like that. now. I'm like, can you hear me? And I'm like, 
Yeah, I can hear <laughs> that's you. awesome. So, but see, that's yeah, but... now look. Someone with a religious spirit, right? Spirit right now is saying, "No, no, he God doesn't talk like that. He wouldn't do that." But I trust me, God is funny. He has he a is. sense of humor. Okay, he's the one that puts sense of humor in, in all of us. So it it is funny because I've had some funny moments too where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's so funny!" Like, like I can tell you this: when he, some of the dreams he gives me, some of the symbolism only I would understand. Yep. And and he'll purposely put like a play on words in there that i'll get like a joke and i'm like oh my gosh that's so funny like i no one else would get the joke they wouldn't understand but it's like so personal for me like i love that like it's yep. i don't know it's amazing yeah really cool yeah i love his personal touches he's he's awesome like that mm. but yeah so um, i definitely pray that everybody can you know keep striving keep going the big the biggest thing i can say is don't give up because i know what that feels like to be so frustrated and to want to quit and just be like this is not working. Trust me. Anytime you spend time with God, it's doing something, even though you may not see it up front. It's doing something in the back first, and then it's going to come full circle to where you can see it in this ram. So just keep going. Okay. That's right. Amen. So um, anything, Matt, you got before I keep going? I think that, I mean, <clears throat> well, that really goes with, that really goes with, I mean, anything. It's like, it's like when you, you decide that you want to get well and you want to start going to the gym and you want to start exercising. There's something happening, yep. but you just don't see it. Yep. And and the funny thing is a lot like when you start to become spiritually strong, uh, they say that people see it before you do. Mm. The people that are around you will see it before you do. They, they would say the same thing. I spent, spent like a year working with a, a physical trainer and I was learning how to do like, you know, proper body stance and how to, how to actually like lift heavy weight. Cause I was doing power lifting. And so it's like how to lift heavy weight without hurting myself. And it's just like, I started to get frustrated because it's like, I'm coming here three, four days a week and I'm just beating myself up. I'm leaving here and I'm sore for days and I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not seeing anything. I mean, I'm getting stronger. I know that much, but I'm not seeing anything, you know, I'm not all of a sudden like a big muscle guy or whatever. I'm just getting stronger. And then people would see me and they're just like, dude, what is happening? <laughs> I'm you're like, jacked, I dude. What, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't see anything. I stare at myself all the time. <laughs> like, you know, and I think it's, I think it's <clears throat> that spiritual growth kind of comes the same way. Like you don't realize that there's something happening, yep. but we just look for these physical, like tangible things that say right. that something's happening. Yep. Like God, if you're there, strike lightning right now exactly <laughs> you know, he's dramatic. Like, exactly and he's like don't patronize me like <laughs> who do you think you are yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're gonna tell me to do something like that yeah. maybe i'll hit you in the butt with that lightning bolt that'll wake you up but isn't it cool, Matt, when he does do something though? There, because there's been times I've asked, like, kind of like a Gideon moment, you know, you're like, oh, can you just do that? And then it happens, you're like, oh my gosh, like he actually did it. <laughs> like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, I I almost probably, just like, I should as a... probably be careful. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just <laughs> probably be careful because, you know. Well, as long as, I think as long as we're not putting him to the test, I mean, obviously yeah. that's something we don't do. But I mean, there are times when we're just unsure and we want to make sure we're making the right decision and we ask him, hey, right. can you just like, reveal it to me in a different way because i'm not hearing you clear enough like i he, i think he enjoys it. i think he loves his children coming to him asking for those things if it's humble and if it's in the right right frame of mind and you know the right spirit so yeah right. 
you know, Gideon did it and but he did it like three times, I think, with the fleece, right? The the dew on the fleece. So I don't yeah. know. It's he does he he speaks to us all. He's gonna speak to you in the way that you hear him the clearest, uh, as long as you're paying attention. I, I've had this debate with someone that I know, and this person keeps saying, I'll never hear him, I'll never hear him. I'm like, You're right, you never will. Because you're you're saying never. And if you would if you would take some advice from me, I know how he's speaking to you because he I I can see how he's speaking to you, but you're just not paying attention. And they they just keep denying it. So there's nothing you can do for a person that that is in that state. You just can't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Pray um, for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I'll go, I got a few more scriptures I'll get to um, before we wrap up. Um, so you quoted this one earlier, Gino. So I'm going to go to Proverbs 23 and 7a, the first part of that scripture. So Proverbs 23, 7a and the New King James, it says, for as he thinks or imagines in his heart, being his mind, so is he. So as people, human beings, as we think in our mind, that is what we're going to be. That is what we're going to see manifested in our life. And again, the other scripture in Proverbs said, be careful what you think, because what you think controls your life. And this goes to that, like all of God's word is in agreement. God never contradicts himself. So we got to be careful what we think. So what you predominantly think about will fabricate who you are and your character which is the manifestation of who you are in this life. This will generate either success or failure in your life. So again, that's why God says meditate in my word day and night, because I'm going to instruct you on how to live life. There are all sorts of rules in God's word that tells us how to thrive in life. And if we don't learn these spiritual laws, these rules, we're not going to thrive. So um, Proverbs 18 Verse 20 through 21, I think this is a familiar scripture in New King James. It says, as a, I'm sorry, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And we know that the mouth is only going to speak within the abundance of your thoughts. So a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit, meaning a person's life will be filled with the manifestations of what they love to speak. So if you love to speak death, doom, destruction, I can't, I never will. That's exactly what you're going to have. And if you love to speak, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. I am healed. I am this. I am that based on the word of God then that's what you're going to have. And I find it very interesting because a lot of times people quote this scripture wrong. They'll say life and death is in the power of the tongue. But God said death in life because more people are speaking death, doom and destruction than they are life. So we got to reverse that. And the only way to reverse that is to change your dominant thought. And the only way to change your dominant thought to life is to meditate in the word of God. So we got to be people that are not speaking fears, speaking doubts, speaking all this negativity that is contrary to the word of God. Because when those 12 spies came back and the 10 that doubted, God said they brought back an evil report. 
So anytime we say something that is contrary to what God already said, I'm saying I can't do it, but God said you can do it. That's evil when I say I can't. When I say I'll never do this because I don't have the ability, but God says, well, I said in my word that you can do it and I've given you my spirit to do it and I've given you my name to do it. That's evil because we're saying the very opposite of what God has said and revealed to us. So we got to get these things under control. And the only way that we're going to get these things under control is to control what's dominating our mindset, what's dominating our thoughts. And if never is dominating our thought process, if I can't is dominating our process, if, you know, I'm just, I'm going, I'm a quitter and that's just what I do. If that's your dominant thought, I can't make it. I'm weak. Then that is exactly what you're going to experience in life, which is failure, stagnation, setback, delay. And things are not going to, you know, go well. So how do we clean up our thoughts? So we've talked a lot about, you know, what our dominant thoughts should be. So what if you're the type of individual that recognize, hey, you know what? I got some work I need to do. I realize my thought process is not the greatest. I need to improve it. How can I clean it? Well, I got three scriptures here. And if you think it's going to be anything contrary to the word of God, no. So let's go to <laughs> the word of God is always the answer, people, if you haven't figured that out yet. So let's go to Psalm 100. You getting ready to say something, Gino? Okay. So Psalm 100. Okay. <laughs> Psalm 119 and verse 9. Because what we're going to see from God, and this is the thing, you cannot escape the word of God. He reveals that the word will cleanse our mind from all evil so that we can be on the right path. So Psalm 119 and verse 9 in the New King James says, how can a young man cleanse his way? Ha, huh, the answer is here. By taking heed according to your, being God, word. So if we want to cleanse our mind from all the gook, from all the filth, from all the things that are contrary to what's currently, um, what God's word says, that's contrary to what God's word says, the remedy is to get the word of God in your mind. You got to renew your mind by meditating in that word because the word is going to act as a cleansing agent as water to cleanse it. So we're going to see that in the next two scriptures. So in Ephesians chapter five, verse 26, in the new King James version, God is revealing here that he being Christ might sanctify and cleanse her being the church. So Christ cleanses the church with the washing of water by the word. So the word of God acts as water to cleanse. And that's why a young man, and this is anybody, young, old, if your mindset is not right, this is why we are to meditate in the word of God because it's gonna act as water to cleanse our mind. That's why God says in Romans 12 and two, renew your mind. We renew our mind by meditating in the word of God. So we're not conformed to the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So also in John chapter 15 and verse three, God reveals here, you are ready. Uh, this is Christ talking to his disciples. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So his disciples didn't even realize 
all this time they've been hanging around here, him, hearing him talk to them, hearing him teach, and he's been teaching them the word and saying things to them that's nothing but the word. That whole time, it was cleansing their mindsets. It was getting their mind conditioned to think like God, not like the Pharisees, not like the Sadducees, not like the scribes, not like them other people that are naysayers and doubters and pagans and all of that. It was literally cleansing their mind all that time they were spinning around him as he was speaking and teaching to them. And yes, he's not physically down here, but through the Holy Spirit baptism, he's in us. It says we know all things through the Holy One that's in us. We got an unction from him. When we sit down to study the word, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit will start to teach and talk to you. But not only that, let's say you struggle with that. All you got to do, get the Bible. Take it to a translation like Amplified. That's pretty safe. You can understand Amplified translation. Start to read. And, and, and if you want to hear God speak, that is him speaking. Whenever we read the word of God, that is him talking. And you'll start to train your mind to understand the language of God. So when a rhema word comes, when he speaks from his spirit to you, you'll be able to recognize it because it's not going to contradict anything that you're reading in the Bible. So the way to cleanse your mind from everything that is counter God is to meditate in the word of God. Because again, it's a cleansing agent that will wash clean all evil, all contrariness from what his word says. So I'll pause there. Amen to all that. Okay. <laughs> See, the solution is always that a lot of times you'll go to a church and you won't get the solution. They just give you a, some scriptures and they don't really explain it. And see, that is the antidote. The antidote is renewing your mind daily. Yeah. I mean, Paul talks about it over and over again that we need to, this thing wants to go on that negative loop. But when we renew it and we're, we're transformed by it, that's when things really start to prosper for you and move forward. But it's not That's easy. Right. Like we're not, we're not trying to say this is something that, you know, it's just yeah. so easy for us and we're so yeah. spiritual. And we're so, no, it's hard. Like it's because your flesh w loves the world. It lusts after the world. So that is going to be the, the roadblock to this, you know, that says, what is the scripture? It says uh, uh, the spirit is, the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's exact. That's so true. If you practice what you preach and you you walk in your faith, man, is that true? <laughs> like you just that spirit just wants to do God's will, wants to do all these things, but yet the flesh is just attracted to the things of this world, like a magnet. It's just like, oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. You know, when you're talking about sugar earlier, I mean, sugar is one of the most addictive substances on earth, salt and sugar, and you know, like. We have a craving, like these cravings are the same with anything else, not just food. You have vices. We have things that we have to overcome through the spirit. And that is, that's, that's the hard part. And I, the church has sadly and miserably failed on teaching that aspect of the wrestling between the flesh and the spirit miserably. Yep. I, it's an, it's a, I mean, I remember when I, <clears throat> I had to figure it out on my own, like with the Holy spirit, me, him, me, him, me, we were like, you know, me, him and me. <laughs> That's great. Nice, nice English. You, know. Me and him sitting down reading the Bible, him, me, myself, and I, we're sitting there reading the Bible. And I remember it, like, just, it struck me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, this is everybody. We're all in this condition. And he's showing us, 
but no one was teaching about it. Like I didn't understand how no one could be teaching about it. The, one of the most important things in your walk as a Christian is understanding that struggle. Otherwise, you're going to feel defeated. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel ashamed all the time. You're going to feel like you're a terrible, you know, Christian. Like let's, we're all bad. We're inherently bad. Jesus, you know, they said, who's good? None, but one God, right? Remember the rich man asked Jesus that he's like, and it's like, so yeah, when you understand that it gives you a liberty and a freedom that you never had before. Cause you're like, Oh, I get it. This is awesome. I'm bad. <laughs> like it's, it's actually really good that I'm bad and that he, he did it for me. That, that sets you free. It's just, a, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Joyful June said, uh, I got to find this word. Oh, she said, I needed to hear this message. Don't give up and keep trying to strengthen my relationship with God. Thank you, Miko. Yes, amen to that. And Awakened Mom had a question. She said, uh, can you speak to the fact that people don't really know how to pray sometimes? Because I know people that don't. Yeah, I, well, well, I'm going to let you get, you guys, I've talked enough. Go ahead. One of you, go ahead and answer that. <laughs> Wait, what was the question that they speak to the fact that people don't know how to pray? Exactly. They don't okay. really know what they're, how to pray. So, I mean, here's the thing. Um, people, I'll go back to something Matt said earlier is that, you know, people in church were kind of overcomplicated. I came from a place where the prayers were just over the top. I'm just going to be quite honest. And they tried to make it seem like you got to know all these big words. <laughs> talk to God and you got to, you know, be eloquent or whatever like that. And what God has shown me and what, and here's the thing too, then you get, then you get this other, and I'm not saying this is wrong. Everybody's prayer life is different. So what I'm saying is everybody's situation is going to be unique because we're all individuals, right? And individually we're not the same. So I remember because I used to do Bible class down at Wayne state and one of the students was like, well, you know, I learned that you got to get this prayer reel up. Uh, it was called a prayer wheel, like a wheel. And it had like different stuff to pray for. And you're supposed to go like find a, a place to just sit for about an hour and do it. And she was just like, I just don't enjoy prayer. It's just, it's like robotic. And I'm like, you ain't doing it right, girl. You're not doing it right. Let's talk. So we had this conversation. It's like prayer is like talking to like your really good friend or your parent that you really got a really great relationship and you love. It's not like I got to go every time I talk to God, okay, I got to carve out a whole hour and sit in my closet and be slobbing and crying. No, prayer is just communication. So throughout the day, when I first wake up, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for resting last night and also safety because there are some people that are not safe in their country and they can't sleep well. So the fact that I can sleep and rest and safety that's the first thing i do i'm like thank you you could even ask him like how's your day going he may even tell you how his day is going. like i'm dealing with these knuckleheads today i hope i don't have to deal <laughs> yeah. with you like that but no so like <laughs> just have a conversation with him like throughout the day if something's happening if i go outside and it's raining lord thank you for the rain if it's sunny lord it's a very beautiful day and that's another thing like the lord has been like you Tariko, you need to stop and take some time to look around and appreciate like all this beautiful stuff I put here because we can get so busy. So it's just basically talking to him. But at the same time, as you're talking to him and trying to have a conversation with him, we also need to, in our day, make sure that we get the noise out of our ears and out of our eyes so that when God does want to start speaking to us, we can in turn hear, hear him. Because just like you may have started a conversation without, not that he didn't know because he knows all things, but it's not like you were like, Laura, it's 
it's 12 o'clock. We got an appointment. No, like I'll just open up my mouth and start talking. And he hears me. Vice versa, whenever he opens up his mouth without an appointment, we need to be able to hear him as well. So it's just being in tune and it's just being real. That's the biggest thing I'll say. First of all, Christ said, when you pray to the father, pray in my name. So I'm acknowledging God as my father and I'm ending my prayers in the name of Jesus. Cause that's like the bank. That's the name on the bank account. If you want to withdraw the funds out the bank, you can't put sir on there or ma'am on there. You better put a name on there. So in order to unlock the, the blessings that he has provided for us, we have to pray to the father in the name of Jesus. So know that, and I can pull that scripture if I need to, uh, but then it's just conversation. God, one of the biggest things that God has told me, don't be fake when you come to me in prayer. If you mad about something, I want you to let me know what you mad about. Give it to me. Let's talk about it because he like, I already know, but if you're going to keep that bottled up inside and think you hiding it, you not. So let's be honest whenever you come to have a conversation you don't have to use proper english you don't have to use big words you don't have to be on your knees or on your face or with your hands raised it is whatever you want to do when you go before god it is a personal relationship with him maybe sometimes you might be on your knees maybe not most of the time when i'm praying i'm not on my knees i'm not raising my hand i'm in my bed i'm in my car i'm in the shower or I may take some, when I'm like literally fasting and praying for something, then that's when I have my dedicated time of, okay, I'm going to spend this time because I'm fasting and I really want to get a prayer in specifically about some stuff. But he, he just wants to talk. He wants to commune. And that could be at the beach. That could be in the basement. It could be on the porch. It can be anywhere. So let's not fall into the facade that it got to be at the altar at the church for him to hear you. And that's the best place that he can hear. Those are all that's nonsense. God is a spirit. He's everywhere. Okay. So wherever you are, you can just be with him. You don't have to go to a certain mountain or to a certain place. Just like Jesus told them <clears throat> at the well. So hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah. I Good, luck, <clears throat> Good luck, Matt. Good luck, Matt. Good luck. You think I need luck? <laughs> I don't even believe in luck. <laughs> I'm just going to shut that down right there. I don't even believe in luck. But, you know, I've, I've heard you've got to follow that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. That's, that's good. All right. That's good. I, uh, I, I've heard the same things. I've heard the same things from people before. Like, how do you know how to pray? And I always, I always say, you know, he's, he's my father. He's my friend. How would you talk to a father? How would you talk to your friends? Uh, there's not this there's not this structure there's not this like <laughs> you know like a uh, confinest what prayer is supposed to look like and you need to hit all these key points in order to have an effective prayer you know i mean that's the whole thing i mean it, it says in matthew so it true. says in matthew in six and seven it says that uh we're not to pray and keep babbling like pagans um it, because it goes on to say for they think that their prayers will be heard because of their many words well, there it is again, just like she said, the Bible tells you everything, doesn't it? There it is. It's a keep it simple. Keep it simple. And if you're, you know, if you're trying to, I guess, be very formal when praying, God knows when you're being fake. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you also I agree. To, yeah, you also have to be conscious of that fact. You know, I agree. If I'm, it's not, not, a, if I'm it's... not walking around like a, a British dandy all day while I'm at work and when I'm doing my things, why <laughs> should I do that when I'm praying? 
you know sure. uh that's the whole thing just just be real like because i mean the thing is the 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 relationship that you have with with god is all entirely contingent on personal accountability and the thing is people I've, I've spoken on that before and they're like but how can that be because your relationship with god requires absolute accountability and it is it is absolutely personal i mean it's it's a real thing so it just comes down to what your accountability is you know i get checks in my day when i'm going through my day and i'm just like man god you know you know that this person's driving me crazy right now just do me a favor and just give me a little peace right now if you could because this guy over here is driving me crazy <laughs> you know you know I mean, you know you're speaking be, that out loud right now man <laughs> you're speaking yeah, that out loud yeah, that's not well, your inner voice right now <laughs> i'm telling you right now that's the truth of it that's the truth of it. You know what I mean? But it, it goes back to that whole like battling with the, you know, with the flesh. It goes back to that whole thing because most of the time, you know, we, we, we draw our influences from things that we see and not things that we hear. And so, yeah, I just think that that's something that is, is like a big formality that a lot of people get tripped up on is they think that there's a, there's a, a formal way of doing everything. And if you're not doing it that way, or you don't understand how to do it that way, then it's not effective. Your faith activates your prayers and it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if it's five words or if it's 50 words, believing in what you're praying for is the important part, not how you're praying it or what you're saying while you're doing it. Absolutely. I think, um, I think that a lot of people have misconstrued what prayer is. Prayer is just just like Miko said, it's communication with the creator. It's not it doesn't have to be this formula. It doesn't have to be something long and drawn out and you know and crying in tears. Yeah, there are times there's tears in prayer. It's he your emotions are definitely going to be part of your prayers, but your emotions can't drive your prayers. We have to go to our spirit to drive our prayers. And and that's the amazing thing about our creator. The creator of all things, seen and unseen, gave us a voice, whether internally or externally. We get to we get to convey things to him that he already knows. Yeah. And he still listens. Like, that's amazing. Like, I know if I could read someone's thoughts, I'd be like, dude, I already know. Like, I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> you know, that's just my like you'd be you're like, oh my gosh, you've told me that a million times. Like, but yet he'll listen to the same prayer a zillion times and it's like it's the first time to him because he loves you so much and 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 this is someone just said this two days ago to me they're like oh I'm, i feel so bad i get so mad sometimes at god and i'm like i'm like you think he doesn't know that you think he doesn't i i've i've gotten like just dealing with all the children's stuff over the last year and what you know and then you know god knows that even way more than i know and i said lord you could take care of this in a second like you could end this this nightmare for these poor kids. Why don't you, you know, and I get a little, a little frustrated with them and angry, but then I'm like, Oh wait, you're God. And I'm not, Oh yeah. I remember now, <laughs> you know, I, you know, the end from the beginning. I don't. So, so it's like, he's okay with that. I'm, you know, we're not, he it's, I mean, how many times did we all get mad at our own parents, you know, when they disciplined us for something or, or when we, you know, they accused us of something and maybe we, you know, we didn't even do something wrong, but they're imperfect. We have a perfect parent in heaven that knows everything he knows you inside and out he knew you before the foundations of the earth and so we can go to him confidently 
in prayer. I we I guess one thing we didn't really touch on with prayer is there is different types of prayer. I mean, there's intercessory prayer, so that's a little different. You know, you're praying for other people or or your country or whatever. Uh, leaders, it says to pray for your leaders, those in authority over you. There's prayers of contrition. There's um, gosh, there's prayers of like just weeping you know you're you're sad you're you're down or something or maybe things don't seem to be going right for you so you're just crying out to the lord like i need a hug you know i need i need you lord i need your love um there's just so i think it's it's i don't want to condense prayer just into one thing it is a lot of different things but it's ultimately communication that's really what it's about and in letting the lord know what what's on your mind what's in your heart even though he already knows it and understanding that he loves you in spite of your sin. It's the Bible says he, he came for sinners. He did not come for perfect people because there aren't, there's no such thing as a perfect people. While I was yet a sinner, he Christ died for me. Right. And that's important to know. So when you go to prayer, you can go confidently through his son, who's covered you in his blood and his righteousness. And you can go before the throne of heaven. You can enter into the throne room and the Bible even says, I think it's James. He says, enter boldly, come in boldly into the throne room of God. Like you, not like you own it, not, not with a cockiness or an arrogance, but knowing who you are in Christ. Yeah. Like you, you don't have, there. you don't, yeah, you, you're a child of the, of the King. I mean, you're, you're, an, you know, an heir. So it's, I think that hopefully that helps you awaken mom. Miko. Awesome. Another great teaching. I'll be listening to this again tomorrow. <laughs> I love, I love going back and listening to these things. They're such great. Uh, just, I don't know. It's just the way you do it is so good. And it's just I don't know. I, I love it. And Robert was right. And I hate admitting Robert was right. So, oh man, it... he really does. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a soft spot for him. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to really overcome that. Yeah. 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 I know who well, you can Robert... ask. <laughs> right. <laughs> I asked Robert uh, to come on tonight, but he's up in Marquette working, so he couldn't yeah. come on. But, uh, yeah. So Miko, um, what, what you got coming up? Any uh, conferences, anything else going on? No. Um, one of, um, no. So I have, uh, this young lady that we're, uh, I've been discipling in Georgia. So she's coming up, uh, this weekend. So she's gonna oh, cool. be in class with us. On, uh, Monday, oh, awesome. That'll be cool. Monday. So, and Rob is gonna come and we're gonna all go out and fellowship. So that's great. But oh, just continuing, um, like what my normal routine is, um, I, I disciple people one-on-one. So um, every week, three times a week, I have three different people that I'm discipling in addition to the ministry work that I do with Gather. So that's what I'm busy doing. Um, you know, I do these one-on-one sessions teaching to make sure people are understanding the word of God and thriving and growing. So I'll just keep doing that until the Lord giving the next thing to do, but it's pretty important work, no matter whether it's one person or a billion um yep. sounds good to me because right. that's how you really develop people so that's what i'm busy right. doing Perfect. well if you want to uh visit the website it's gatherministriesinc.org actually it's just gatherinc.org i take that back sorry uh but if you want to visit the website there's videos on there uh contact information it's a great website lots of information there to help you in your walk with jesus christ as your lord and savior uh, Miko, any other coordinates, any social media you want to give out? Um, yeah, I would say go to our, for most of our content, two places, YouTube channel, um, is gather ministries. If you just type that in, um, we have the Bible lessons. It's like a, it's called gather talks. 
So it's a like three of us, sometimes three, four of us, and we have a topic that's not normally, you know, talked about in church. And we just go through God's word to see what God has to say on that subject. So you'll get a lot of great Bible teaching there. There's also vlogs that people want to know, like, I'm a Christian. Do I have to be bored all the time? Or what does a life look like for a Christian? Uh, we do vlogs so you can see, like, we not just up in the heavens all the time. Um, and then there's also videos on baptism and stuff there. But then also we have live Bible studies on um, our Facebook, which is Gather Ministries on Monday night from 6.35 to like 8 p.m. We go live for Bible studies and we teach in series. If you're not able to be live, if you go to that same Facebook, Gather Ministries, and go to the video uh, tab, we have playlists of all the Bible mm, lessons cool. that we've ever taught. Um, and we do series, so you can always go there and catch up um, and just get some great word because just like I go tonight, scripture upon scripture upon scripture, um, that's how all the teachers in the ministry go. We it's, it's not what a human has to say. It's what does God have to say right. about certain subject matters. And so that's where you can find a wealth of content. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully you guys got a whole bunch out of that and we're taking notes. You can always go back and rewind. That's what's the technology is great. Like remember when you had to actually rewind a tape and <laughs> try to stop yeah. it and go, Oh my God, be kind. Like, oh my rewind. God, I pulled it out by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. This is what's great. You come back, you, you just scroll the little thing here on the screen and you're right where you need to be. So yeah, you can go anywhere you want. Guys, thank you so much. We love you. Uh, oh, let me uh, pass out the gold pills. Okay, they are released. Get yourself some gold pills. Be blessed. And we will see you. Actually, I will be live tomorrow night with um, attorney Bob Pohl. He's from California. He is working on, uh, he's, he's a great attorney uh, dealing with foster care and the abuses at CPS. So please join us tomorrow night with Rescue the Fosters, and we'll see you then. Have a great night. All right. Good night, everyone. Take care. If I could find the outro, there it is. <laughs> there it is. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.